I am intentional about giving people grace, about being cooperative, about being flexible, about being compassionate, about being adaptable, and about having the attitude that I want to achieve this. It doesn't matter how I get there, but I will achieve this. And I will be mindful that it won't always go my way, but I stay the course. Hi, I'm Murtaz Versi, and this is Engage, Relate, Perform, the show that helps leaders and organizations drive long-term results by fostering relationships and enhancing engagement. If you're looking to seriously improve your team's performance while impacting lives and succeeding at driving long-term results, then this is the show for you. It doesn't matter that you already have that dream title or simply curious about how far you can challenge yourself. I'll be giving you practical tips, relevant commentary, and valuable insights about how you can engage and utilize relationships with talent, community, and other stakeholders around you to achieve the best results and help them stick long-term. Get all the latest information at mutazaversi.com forward slash pod. Once again, it's M-U-R-T-A-Z-A V-E-R-S-I dot com forward slash pod. Like I love to say, gratitude is the attitude when it comes to this ever-changing world where we pray for the best and prepare for the worst. While we are at the subject of attitude, I want to ask you to share what your leadership attitude is in the comment section or write down for me or at least make a note of it somewhere. Also, a second question How flexible are you on a scale of 1 to 10 as a leader? As we proceed with today's discussion with my guest, hopefully you'll be able to better answer these questions with more conviction using the knowledge obtained to achieve the performance. Really quickly, I want to give you an amazing opportunity to download my very free, very useful, very much for you, ebook titled Engage, Relate, Perform, 90 Days to Conscious Leadership and Performance Culture. It is a 90-day effective guide to get you inspired for your leadership journey daily. These are practical tips you can follow every day to guarantee you give and you get the best out of the existing relationships for long-term results. As I say, it takes 90 days to create a lifestyle. That's what culture means, a way of life. So if you want to do the work, but still enjoy the journey and above all, look forward to it day by day, then go to mutazaversi.com forward slash pod and download your copy of Engage, Relate, Perform. 90 days to conscious leadership and sustainable performance. Here to help us better understand the concept is Ruth Shah Weekly, the Managing Director and Principal Consultant ARS, IURA Consultancy Service Limited, with experience and understanding, including the application of key international frameworks, multi-stakeholders, and civil society initiatives. She possesses a breadth of specialized expertise in human rights matters, particularly in business and human rights, but as well as women and children's rights. So without further ado, leaders and leaders, Welcome Ruth Shah Weekly and Ruth Karibusana to engage, relate, perform. Thank you so much, Mutaza. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Great. So to get started, when we speak about attitude and adaptability, are we only referring to smiles and quick responses to this question? Please break down these terms more recently for us. Attitude and adaptability. I think for us it will mean different things. For me, it's about 
mindset. It's about being able to be in good chair, even when everything else suggests that you ought not to be in good chair, taking things on the chin, if you like. It's about a, a sense of being that you must clothe yourself in, in order to move through the ebbs and the flows of this life, I think. I think it also is related to adaptability. I think the more conscious you are, or self-aware you are of your attitude and the one that you should put on in order to get by, the more adaptable you will be in terms of moving through the grooves and the circles within which you operate. In terms of adaptability and its definition, I think for me, it means being able to immerse, immerse yourself into something which is outside of your comfort zone. I, in particular, have had the, an experience whereby I have lived in multiple jurisdictions and I've done multiple things and I've had to be adaptable to culture, to people, to languages, to smells even that perhaps not always came easy for me, but I've had to do that. And I had to do it with a smile if I wanted to get on and get on peacefully, happily, and actually to endure. Because I think if you don't, if you're unable to adapt and you're unable to have the attitude within which you need to adapt, it is definitely going to mess with your sense of peace and your sense of purpose. I like that. So it's more about a mindset change. Uh, it's uh, you, you define attitude as a mindset that really looks at how we can grow and be able to learn within our surroundings and, you know, being aware of ourselves and appreciating where we are and being aware about ourselves. And then, you know, uh, immersing ourselves in a way so that we go in with a smile so that we are able to fit or adapt to that circumstances And, you know, moving with a sense of uh, the double P that I'm looking at now is peace and purpose. I love that. Give us an example of your adaptability part and the attitude, what really helped you. I know you just said about moving places, but where else can we use it when we're talking about leadership and how can it take us to sustainable performance? I'd like to start with uh, my experience personally to see and then move into how that has helped me professionally. I think one of my, like I said, I've, I've moved to so many different countries and had to adapt to so many different circumstances and situations that it started to, to come naturally. I, I was just able to do it and get on. However, when I moved to Tanzania in particular, it was hard. It was one of the hardest things that I had to, to do in terms of being able to adapt. It was way out of my comfort zone. And, and I don't know if it was the difference of moving from what we term the global north to the global south, but it definitely was different. There was Gujarati within the house, as I married to a Gujarati, and there was Swahili without the house. And then there were the climate. Even though I'm from the Caribbean, I hadn't lived there for a long time. But more than that, I wasn't used to the extreme level of heat. I, I'm also a, a trained barrister, and this is what I did before coming to Tanzania. And in coming to Tanzania and being stripped of, of what, what I like to term being stripped of, of that status, if you like, and, and being known as Amish's wife, as opposed to Ruth the barrister, all of that combined was extremely hard for me. I think 
in the beginning, it was so hard. It was so overwhelming. I, I did not know what to do with myself. I was almost not myself for a while. I, I felt stifled. I felt bogged down. I felt like I couldn't do it. And I found myself being someone that was, was blaming this and that and, and finding every excuse in the book to, to explain my attitude of desolation, of depression, of the big D's that you don't really want in your life. But when I made a conscious decision and an intentional decision to change my attitude towards the circumstances, if I wanted to be in the situation, it made all of the difference to me, not just personally, but professionally. I was able to translate these new things into something that created situations which not only bolstered my career, but it also gave me a platform to achieve the things that I wanted to socially, such as community work that I engage in, where it relates to empowering women and girls. It also allowed me to dig deep within myself to not just be the barrister within which I define myself, but then to also become the businesswoman that I am today. So I think that it pushed me to new levels of achievement that I hadn't even thought about because essentially where I was in my attitude kept me from exploring these other things that I didn't know that I perhaps desired or needed in my life, if that makes any sense. Yeah, well... <laughs> That's, that's really interesting because at one point where you're saying, you know, going through all that, you go through a cultural of language, you go through a culture of climate change, and you have to manage. And then you, of course, your career is also at stake and you have to be in that situation. And I know how difficult it could be because I have been in certain situations, not all of what you've gone through, but some of them. And, and it's not really nice to be in that place. And having four of them together definitely requires a strength of mindset that needs you to go back and reflect. And rightfully, sometimes obstacles can be perceived as obstacles for challenges or obstacles for opportunities. And, you know, when you change that mindset and you see that there is an opportunity there and getting to do more than you were not doing like empowering women. And I'll talk about empowering women. Uh, I don't like the word empowering. Maybe we need to change that word, Ruth, but we'll talk about it when we have some time. But empowering, taking some social work, and doing a little more that you may not have done if you were in the comfort zone. So when you talk about your career, and you know, when you talk about leadership, we uh, believe leadership is not uh, positional, and it's not functional. So you can be a leader at any level. And we are all at a different stage or different uh, journey of our uh, leadership, uh, different stage of our leadership journey. Coming to that part, how did it help you in your career? I think that might be a difficult question, but maybe I know the answer to it, so I'll give it a go. <laughs> yes, just give it a go. Yeah. I think you can come to a point where you see things the way you think you ought to see it. When the pinnacle of your career as a barrister traditionally is presented to you as someone who attends court, make a lot of a lot of strides or take a lot of strides in that space and essentially become Queen's Council or QC as it's, it's known for 
in in the acronym form. That's the pinnacle of your barrister of your career as a barrister. So essentially, if you become a barrister, this is your path. In having to change my attitude and how I saw my career, I was able to, in my mind, expand my career beyond that. So now I don't only define myself as my profession, a barrister. I'm I'm a consultant. I'm an expert in the area of human rights. I'm a businesswoman. So I've, I've achieved things that weren't even on the horizon for me because I was able to maneuver through what was essentially the new situation that was created within my space and around me and, and where I was, where I was placed at being Tanzania, as opposed to the journey that I had mapped out for myself in my mind, because that's the journey I was taught to accept. So in, in adapting to this new space and place, I was able to come out on the other end because I no longer lived in the box which was created for me either consciously or subconsciously because of, you know, tradition, expectations, limitations, and so on and so forth. I, I was able to map my own new path. I am able to think more innovatively in terms of offering solutions to practical situations within the context of human rights as opposed to simply going into courts and fighting where it relates to violations of rights. So when I say that in terms of my profession, what I mean is as a barrister, you're going to be sitting in an office and the the problems come to you. But now, and with my experience here in the spaces that I operate, I now see legal empowerment totally different. It's not just about coming to barristers who solve problems. It's about also going into the communities and meeting people where they are. Because essentially, a lot of the people where whose human rights are violated the most, they are out in the communities and they don't have access to the offices of the barristers or the doors of the court. So you have to meet them within their spaces to understand their cultural and traditional intricacies, which causes these violations in the first place empower them through raising awareness amongst them with respect to their rights and bringing the solutions to them and giving them the options of creating the solutions for themselves. So I now think much more broadly when I think about access to justice or when I think about creating spaces where there could be justice for all. So with respect to my career, I think that's how I see things differently because of the new attitude and my endurance to be able to adapt. Yes, endurance. Endurance is the word because how many of us really have the patience of enduring such challenges and then changing their attitude? Were there any support system that really helped you with your attitude and moving towards the new path? Oh, that's such a good question. I'm a Christian. I believe in God. And at the worst times of what I would call my existential crisis and my identity crisis, the only refuge that I had was my faith, was turning to God and uh, stripping myself away from value, finding value in myself because of who I was and what I did. I then 
thought I then sought value in myself through the eyes of God because despite the fact that I'm unworthy and I'm a sinner, he uh-huh. thinks I'm we all are exactly. He thinks I'm worthy, and therefore, if that's my benchmark, then nothing can touch me, not even my own insecurities. If I consider myself through the eyes of God, then how dare me say that I'm not enough to achieve the path that He has set for me? Brilliant. So my support system really and truly was my faith and my support within that Christian circle. Brilliant. Let's just review what we've just put in together so for our listeners it becomes more clear that we have an attitude. We come into a situation whereby you go through different challenges. You sit there, uh, you go into that challenges and you really try and support yourself or you try and work through those challenges and adapting to it in a way that you change your attitude and your mindset in order to be able to now at least position yourself and try and look for opportunities that are coming around the same challenges and moving through that and seeing yourself and going through that awareness and reaching to a point, reflecting back, seeing that, well, that challenge could have been a stepping stone to another path, a better path, a bigger path. And moving to that, you see now yourself not only going to fight in the court, but you're seeing yourself doing more than just fighting in the court, but being a consultant, getting to the people, getting to the society and understanding their challenges and giving them options to solve their problems and using the support system, that is the spiritual system, the using religion, God, faith to support you to build up your self-worth by saying, you know what, you're worthy of who you are in my eyes, not in your eyes. And that brings the whole concept of now, how do leaders take that and work towards bringing sustainable success in themselves? And that's a brilliant formula. And I'm sure our listeners would take a lot of lessons learning from that. But what else do we do? What is it, what about in your day-to-day life? How do you use your attitude, your uh, your adaptability on 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 different situations? Well, let me tell the listeners that I've known Ruth for a little while now, and uh, I must say, uh, if you talk about discipline, if you talk about details, then she's very much that, uh, and I I can vouch for that. But tell us, how do you manage that, uh, Ruth? It's very important for leaders like us to be able to be precise and to be able to be articulate in what we do? I think I'm, I'd like to say that I, I like to have solutions. Let's not focus on the problem, let's focus on the solution. I also like to set out to achieve what goal has been set. But I appreciate that the path to that might change so many times. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say, my focus is on the solution. It has to be, and not the problem. Because if you have a project and you set a goal, and you know what you want to achieve, there is really no single line. I think many of us go wrong because we believe that there's a single line, and we're not willing to take the bends and the curves in order to ultimately reach the goal, eye on the prize kind of thing. If you have the mindset that this is how you're supposed to get to point B, or this is how you're supposed to achieve or reach the pinnacle or the summit, then I think you're going to struggle. I think you have to 
be realistic. Yeah. You have to also be flexible. You need to have compassion and empathy that will allow you to deal with the, I, I don't want to use the word uncooperative situations of others, but others aren't always able to do the things that you want them to do or you think they should do or they committed to do in order for you to get, because we don't, we're also not an island. We work mostly with, with others. So we have to be appreciative that people won't always meet our expectations. Sometimes I wonder whether we should have expectations of, of others. I don't think it's fair. And I think when you have rigid expectations, it doesn't give you the space to give people grace. You have to give people grace. It's not always easy. And I'm not saying that I always do that without moaning and groaning under my breath. Because <laughs> I, I, I do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think the param the, what's paramount for me is that I remember I am intentional about giving people grace, about being cooperative, about being flexible, about being compassionate, about being adaptable, and about having the attitude that I want to achieve this. It doesn't matter how I get there, but I will achieve this. And I will be mindful that it won't always go my way, but I stay the course, right? Wow. And I like that expectations because rightfully, we all expect things from others. And we set our expectation into their lives. And I just love the way you put it up. You know, let's be realistic. And I know you've been realistic with a couple of issues that, you know, it's gone around you. I've seen you manage that situation. And it's really admirable to see how realistic you are. But the word compassion and empathy, Ruth, I think you bring that quite a bit to your leadership and your style. Uh, and I, I see that happen. So, you know, the flexibility and, and realistic is the real point for us as leaders or leaders anywhere to be able to see that, that, you know, are we realistic in what we, we're offering, flexible in what we can do, uh, understanding the other people's uh, situation, being compassionate, being appreciative. And even more important, I like the point where you're saying you're intentionally mindful about the expectations. That's a lot of work that you're putting into yourself. That's a lot of work as a leader. And to get to leadership and the journey that you are moving towards, there will be a lot more that are going to come through your journey. There'll be a lot more challenges. Uh, and I think once leaders understand that, then I think it becomes easier. And I go back to the word, it becomes peaceful and purposeful to live and enjoy life. And for me, it's also important to think about buy-in. Tell us more. I think it's important to not only consider what you want out of it, but what others want out of it. Yeah. I, I believe in inclusivity. I think that I, I am actually really, I think about this more and more, and I, I try to be more and more intentional about it in absolutely everything, in all of the spaces in which I operate. We have to be concerned with the other side in order that we collectively come together and achieve a particular thing or get the 
outcome that is most favorable, that is in the best interest of everyone, you have to have buy-in. Uh, let, let me take it in terms of what, what I do. If you want to, for example, pick an issue related to human rights, let's say that within a particular community or within a particular space, there is a particular problem. And that problem goes against or is a violation, a concrete violation of some sort of right. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we like to do, or <laughs> you'll have that developed world, developing world problem, where many believe, many in the developing world believe that the developed world come in and say, you're doing it wrong, do it that way. Mm -hmm. I think many would, would be nodding their head and saying that's true, especially if you work in the, in the space of international development. Yeah, so telling people what to do. Telling people what to do. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. <laughs> um, if it's done that way, you are only considering yourself. You're, you're only cons it's, it's, it has this superior tone. It in one sweep rejects what other people is about. Yes. Their history, their culture, their tradition, their everything. In one sweep, even if you know that you, if you know yourself to be right, not because you're bringing a, a, a superior attitude, but because you know the impact of the wrongdoing you're trying to dispel, right? So if you know the impact, the impetus for you is to ensure the impetus is for you to show mm -hmm. or change that particular behavior because you don't want the adverse impact to affect the community yeah. and the people within that community. Yeah. Yeah. But if you go to the community and not explain the impact or not try to understand situation, circumstance, history, yeah. all you do, you don't get buy-in. There's no inclusivity. You don't respect or show respect. And it makes it harder for you to do the very thing that is important and imperative for you to do. Brilliant. And that's exactly what, what we were saying about putting the, your expectations on other people's situation and making sure that they deliver it. That's exactly what you said. Expecting from people what you tell them to do rather than engaging with them to get the best out of the situation. Right? Yes. Engagement is important. It is imperative. That's why we say, and we believe, engage with people, create that climate that is required, conducive climate that is required through engagement. Develop a culture through relating with them, guiding them, helping them, make them, involving them in making that decision that is important for sustainable performance, for long-term, not short-term, but long-term results, and driving those results for a long period. And that's why you perfectly fit into our talk today of engage, relate, and perform. Ruth, thank you so much being here with us today. And until next time, to the next Thursday, engage, relate, perform. Here it's Mutaza Versi, and I say, Versi beaucoup. See you then. Take care. You've been listening to Engage, Relate, Perform, hosted by me, Mutaza Versi. Make sure you've subscribed to this show so you don't miss a single episode. And be sure to visit mutazaversi.com forward slash board to download all the resources, show notes, and all the freebies mentioned in this episode, including your copy of my highly effective ebook, Engage, Relate, Perform, 90 Days to Conscious Leadership and Performance Culture. 
plus extras just for subscribing. Once again, go to mutazaversi.com foot slash pod and get everything you need. And we'll be back next week for more Engage Relate Performance.